Welcome to the Friends of Israel Today. I'm Steve Conover, and with me is our host and teacher, Chris Katolka. I'd like to encourage you right at the outset to visit our website, foiradio.org. To find out more information about the Friends of Israel Today, that's foiradio.org. There you'll also find our archive pages, and you can listen to six years' worth of Chris's teachings. One more time, that's foiradio.org. You know, we do so much at Friends of Israel, and one of the most exciting things that I think that we do is we get the chance to lead believers, Christians, over to the Holy Land to show them the places where Jesus walked, where the, the accounts of the Old Testament took place. It's really an amazing experience. I don't, I don't even like calling it a trip. I like to call it a pilgrimage because it's more than just going to Disneyland. It's, it's actually engaging with the Lord while you're over there in a very unique way. And that's why we're really excited to have a special guest with us in studio. His name's Ronnie Hubani. He is a tour guide, an Israeli tour guide that we use in Israel. He's a good friend with our executive director, Dr. Jim Showers. We've got them both in studio talking about what's going on in Israel, talking about where tourism is going to be in the next few years, especially with the pandemic, and really what Ronnie's been doing as we've been waiting for COVID-19 to clear up, something we've been praying for for a long time because I know we're anxious to get back to Israel. But first, in the news, Prime Minister Naftali Bennett recently called on the international community to act immediately against Iran. This after the International Atomic Energy Agency reported Iran has drastically increased its production of highly enriched uranium and refuses full inspection of its activities. Bennett is quoted saying, I call for an appropriate and rapid international reaction to the severe actions of Iran. The IAEA report warns that the time to act is now. Steve, this is my take on the situation. The Iran deal was a failure from the beginning. And we're seeing that now. The JCPOA, as it was called, was never designed to change the real problem. And that's Iran. Iran uh, didn't want to become a peace partner in the Middle East with other countries, the Sunni countries and Israel around them. And instead, the country had remained, even under the Iran deal, an aggressor in the region, a sign that even if they lived up to the standards of the Iran deal, they would have probably started uranium enrichment once the deal sunset. You know, I know Israel is prepared for the worst, but uh, the question that we have to start asking ourselves is this. Are we ready for that? Well, in studio, we have two very special guests. The first is Dr. Jim Showers, executive director of the Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry. Jim. Great to have you in studio. Oh, it's wonderful to be with you, Chris. I'm going to leave it to you, Jim, to introduce the special, special guests in the studio because of your friendship and the relationship that you have with them. I think we're going to have a great discussion today. So, Jim, I'll I'll let you introduce our special guest. Well, thank you, Chris. Uh, With us today is Ronnie Hubani. He is one of the guides that we use in Israel. Ronnie and I have been working together for the better part of 10 years now uh, doing tours in Israel. And guides are a special person. special people because I lead the tours. I do biblical teaching, but the guides, they know everything about Israel, about the history, about the land, about the topography. Uh, And, you know, throughout the tour, they're just constantly being asked questions and they come up with the answers. It's it's an amazing profession to be in guiding. Uh, And they, they go through extensive training and they have to pass a test to be able to get licensed but it's like two years of classes, two, two solid years of classes to learn 
everything from history to the cultures uh, to the Bible and all that to be able to guide. And so uh, Ronnie was coming to the U.S. Believe it or not, we can't go to Israel right now, Chris. Mm -hmm. You know that. Yep. But Israel can come to us. That's and right. so Ronnie was uh, making a trip to the U.S. and said, Ronnie, you have to come by. We, we want to talk. So here he is. Ronnie Hubani, great to have you in the program. Thank you for having me. Yeah, this is great. So uh, Jim, actually, I, I have a question right away, and it's this. Do you get asked questions a lot. Do you have a favorite question that you get asked, like out-of-the-box question? Because I know people are asking you stuff all the time when they're touring the land. Well, how do you know so much? Oh, is that what they say? How do you know so much? And to go back to where um, what uh, Jim was saying, I don't call my profession a profession. I have this been blessed. Uh, knowing this country very much and loving this country very much. And when you turn a hobby into a profession, you can only do it the best way. Yes. Uh, so I love this country. I love sharing the love that is for this country. And I had to become a tour guide. That's fantastic. That's the best way to share the, more to share the love and the knowledge. It's amazing. So tell me, you're in the States. What are you, uh, are you touring the States yourself I'm, or are you all around? I've been all around. I've been touring. I've been meeting people. I've been, um, Speaking different different occasions to people, more to promote tours to Israel than talking about myself, is trying to get uh, the business back on the saddle after COVID. Now, Ronnie, you and I actually met briefly once because I was on a tour with Tito and we crossed paths at one point and we shook hands. And Jim knows you very well. I think I had heard Jim since 2013 has been using you as a tour guide. Um, and I think I once heard somebody say that you enjoy leading evangelical Christians through Israel. Now, you can lead a lot of groups. You can lead, you know, Catholic groups. You can lead Jewish groups. Uh, there are people who just come over for basic tours to Israel. Why do you like leading evangelical Christians as an Israeli? I did all of the above. All of the above, yes. <laughs> and uh, it's just a question of chemistry, I believe, yeah. between, uh, between people. And my first group of uh, evangelical Christians, or what later would know, they were evangelical Christian. I realized that there was much more in common. Uh, the thing that they believe, mm -hmm. or the way they would believe, and the way I would believe, because through these evangelical Christian groups I've been guiding the last let's say, 25 years out of, out of the 30, they have helped me building faith. Yeah. Not through kissing walls or touching stones or, you know what I'm talking yes. about, these uh, physical things that are not necessarily the right thing to do or worshiping things that you're not supposed to. Um, you know, Friends of Israel has been leading trips to Israel since 1977, Jim. Uh, we've been bringing groups over for a long time since, yes. you know, I actually think since airline travel was able to get a bunch of people on to get them <laughs> over there and they had hotels. We've been wanting to bring people there. You know, Ronnie talked about the importance of of really, it's not just the kissing of the stones. It's not just the the buildings. It's it's and Ronnie. You had even mentioned earlier, and I hope we bring it up a little bit later. The idea of not the building and and the location, but the message that matters. The message of Jesus that matters. Absolutely, Jim. Why is it important for evangelical Christians you believe to get to Israel at least one point in their life? Well, part of understanding the Bible is understanding the land. You can't disconnect the land from the Bible. So much of the Bible that you read is it takes place in that land. Uh, it's not just the people, you know, it's the people, it's the land, it's the faith. It all goes together. So people come to me on our tours all the time toward the end of the tour and tell me how they will never read their Bible the same again after seeing Israel. 
And I'm not just talking about pastors or Bible teachers. It's the everyday Christian who gets to see the land in a unique way. And one of the things we do when we're in Israel is help people get a better understanding of what the Bible teaches. So, for example, you, you oftentimes read about locations in the Bible, but if you haven't been there to see it, you don't really understand it. Take Caesarea Phil, uh, Maritime, for example, Chris. Caesarea Maritime, you read, uh, for example, Peter goes there, right? Mm-hmm. He has a vision. He's down in Haifa or uh, Yaffa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's down in Yaffa. He has this vision that God gives to him of the sheet coming down unclean and so forth. And he ends up there in uh, Cornelius's house and he shares the gospel with Cornelius, his family mm-hmm. and friends. You know, Cornelius is so excited about this. He invites all the all of his friends in, in. He wants them all to hear what Peter has to say. And many come to faith in Jesus Christ through that. And it is from there that the gospel, this is the main entrance into Israel during the New Testament times under the Roman Empire, this was the main port in and out of the country. Mm-hmm. So the significance of bringing the gospel to uh, Caesarea Maritime is that this is the launching point from which the gospel is going to go out to the world. Yep. Right. How do you and I come to be blessed by the gospel today in the heritage that we've inherited? It's because of what Peter did to go there. So we go there, we talk about that. We sit in the actual amphitheater that was there in the, the days of Peter. And we, we talk about that. Those kind of connections. Going to Jerusalem. We did the Jerusalem Prophecy Conference this summer. And if you go to Jerusalem, you get what Jerusalem's about that you don't get just from reading the Bible. The location, the geography, the fact that you have to go up to get to Jerusalem. It doesn't matter what direction you approach from, you're going up. Mm-hmm. It, God's teaching an important lesson that when you come up to meet with me, because Jerusalem is the city of God. It's the one place on earth. God said, I will build my house and I will reside. And so when you go up to Jerusalem... You're going up to meet with God. It it communicates to us as humans, we're below God. We go up to meet with him. He doesn't mm-hmm. come down to us, right? So th- there's all that that goes on that you just leave the land with such an appreciation for the Bible teaches and says, you'll never get that from just studying the word unless you go to the land of Israel. If you've been listening, you can kind of hear the fun that you'll have if you get a chance to go on one of our trips. The two of these guys you know, it's just you'll be able to follow them around and get to a great experience of what Israel is all about. Um, we're going to direct you to how you can sign up to go on a tour. Now, Ronnie, when we come back, I want to ask you a few questions because I'm sure a lot of people are driving around listening. They're listening on the podcast and they're going, I'd like to go to Israel, but COVID, Chris, COVID, COVID, COVID. Uh, I know COVID's on your mind. Um, I know the pandemic's on our mind here. Uh, I, I want to help bring a little uh, clarity to what's going on in Israel and maybe some optimism about uh, how the, the tour industry is going to open back up. Um, and so when we come back, we're going to talk more about that. So everyone be sure to stick around. everybody. We have Ronnie Hubani, our beloved tour guide that we use in Israel with our Up to Jerusalem tours. We have Dr. Jim Showers, the Executive Director of Friends of Israel in studio. We're talking about Israel. We're talking about touring Israel. Um, and we've been doing it since 1977. Uh, Ronnie, I know a lot of people are probably thinking, pandemic, Chris, how am I going to get over there? It's on my bucket list to get to the, to the Holy Land. 
Uh, what's going on in Israel right now when it comes to the pandemic? And do you have any optimism that we'll, they'll be opening up soon? Well, we were born to be optimistic and uh, <laughs> think positive. Um, as we talked right now, uh, the border of Israel are closed. Uh, you can't come to Israel. And those who can come to Israel are mainly for family issues and a few businessmen because the show must go on. And some businesses, you have to need you need to have this uh, physical meeting and not just resume our cameras, but you have to be fully vaccinated. Mm-hmm. As we talk today, you have to be fully vaccinated to be able to come to Israel. Yes. Um, I'm an Israeli. I'm fully vaccinated. I will go home. And as we talk today, I will have to be quarantined for one week at home until I get all these different uh, tests. And you have to do all the tests too, right? You, you have, have to do all the tests. Get a There's test no, before you get on the plane. There, you is, get a no, test when you get off the there plane. is no a discount for for anybody. So seventy two, at least seventy two hours before I fly back home, uh, I will have to be. I have a test. I will have a test in the um, Tel Aviv airport when I go uh, before I go home, and uh, quarantine for one week, unless I take another three tests, different tests now in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Uh, that so as for tourism. They say, well, we have this big question mark. Big question mark because some groups that I know, some people I met, uh, one of the members of the family is not fully vaccinated or the church for whatever reason or the group for whatever reason do not believe in vaccines. So as we talk right now, they will not be able to uh, come to the country and it would be ridiculous to come and to be two weeks in quarantine mm-hmm. before starting your uh, before starting your tour. So we we want to be optimistic, and all the people that I've met here are really dying to come to Israel. Uh, we just need to be able to uh, to do it. Uh, tourism was at an all time high, record breaking, yeah. entering into twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. Uh, my prayer is that as soon as it becomes viable for tourism and, and hopefully if those restrictions begin to loosen up, it's just going to flood in again. It's going to flood in again. There probably will be some chaos. Yes. Because uh, everybody will want to come at the same time. Yes. Right. And uh, there will be some chaos. But once we get over this chaos, uh, I believe we come back big time. It will yeah. come back very, very big. And uh, we will be back to a normal life where we were two years ago, and this will be just another page of history. Another page of history. That we will mention our grandkids. That's right. In 2020. (laughs) (laughs) Jim, I want to ask you, um, you know, we we know over here, you know, Ronnie lives in Israel, but over here, we're dealing with the issue of Christian support for Israel all the time. And, you know, we've been looking at stats that have been coming out. And some of the numbers aren't that pleasing. You know, we see that young evangelicals, um, are the support is is dwindling in some way? Um, you know, I'm I'm interested to know. You know, do you believe that when a Christian goes to Israel, that it's it they kind of become a Christian Zionist once their feet touch down in the land? That maybe they get a better picture of what it's like to go to the the Holy Land, what it means based upon the scriptures, God's plan for Israel and the Jewish people. Great question, Chris, because our perceptions of things are formed out of what inputs we get. So if all you get is inputs on Israel from mainstream media, from the internet, uh, social media, and so forth, and so many people attend churches today and don't really get teaching on Israel, don't know the importance of the role that Israel plays, they can easily adopt a perception that Israel is a big bully. Mm Mm-hmm. 
and that Israel doesn't treat the Arabs fairly mm-hmm. and is trying to get rid of them so they can have all the land for themselves. And so going to Israel and just seeing both sides and un- beginning to understand the challenge Israel has to live in a land that God gave to them by covenant. And God says that covenant is a forever covenant. So forever to me means that as long as this world exists, that land is given to Israel. So it does change. We've seen this over and over again. We've seen, for example, in Origins, our young adult volunteer trip, we've seen people go over who weren't really gung-ho about Israel, but they thought the trip sounded like a great opportunity to go and help. And they come back just strongly Zionist in their convictions, strongly supporting Israel. Some people don't know what Zionism means. Zionism simply means that you believe Israel has a right to live in the land and govern itself as a country. And if that's what you believe, then you're a Zionist. That's right. If you're a Christian, that makes you a Christian Zionist because that our understanding of that comes out of the word of God. It comes out of the promises that God made. And for those that believe those promises no longer apply, you know, our whole salvation is tied up in the promises God made to Israel. If those promises don't apply to Israel, our salvation is worthless. That's right. Right. So it's a very, very important thing. We are seeing consistently in polls that are being done over the last 10, 15 years about support for Israel. While overall support for Israel amongst evangelicals is still very high, the younger generations are not nearly as supportive of Israel as the older. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, younger generations have a real passion for social justice. And so it's it's with the information that's coming to them, they quickly size up that the Arabs are the victims and Israel is the aggressor, when in reality, it's the other way around. That's right. Once you see it in person, you get a better understanding of what's going yes. on on the ground. And, you know, can I just say, too, for our listeners, maybe it's on your bucket list and you're listening right now and you're thinking, man, I've always wanted to go to the Holy Land. There's no better people to go with than the Friends of Israel. There's no better people to go with, a uh, tour guide to go with than Ronnie Hubani, who's here with us right now. And you can already hear uh, Dr. Shower's passion about making sure people put their feet in the, in the Holy Land to see what's going on. But let me encourage you too. Uh, m- maybe it's something on your bucket list. We believe you're going to get over there. We believe things will open back up again. We are confident it will happen. But at the same time, you know what? Don't just go your, yourself. Maybe you have some grandkids that are old enough to go. You should bring them along so that their feet can touch down in the Holy Land. Uh, Maybe you've got some kids that are older, teenage kids, 20 years old. This would be a great opportunity for a family trip. We've seen that happen on our tours. uh, Many times. Yeah, where families come over. A great opportunity to raise up the next generation of people who love and support Israel and the Jewish people. Ronnie, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. This is fantastic. I know you're going to be going home soon to get some Turkish coffee and some hummus and pita. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for you. I'm jealous of you, actually. And Dr. Showers, thank you so much for being with us. Thank sir. you, Chris. Now, Apples of Gold, a dramatic reading from the life and ministry of Holocaust survivor Svi Kalisher. In Israel, people are preparing for the Feast of Rosh Hashanah followed by the greatest holy day of all, Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. This is the only holy day people fear. Thirty days beforehand, they begin to pray day and night for forgiveness. Recently, some people came to me and said, We want you to forget about your strange ways and come with us to pray. When I asked who had sent them, they replied, No one sent us. We have come on our own. No, I responded. 
You did not come on your own, but God sent you so I could tell you that he has already forgiven my sins. Oh, yes, they agreed. He forgives us every year at this time of the great fast. This is not what I mean, I counted. I came to God only once. I put my faith in him, and he forgave my sins. He can forgive your sins also, once forever. They were not interested in anything I said. If you will do as we ask, one told me, you will have no more trouble with us. I told them, I am not afraid of you. I fear only God. How can you fear God when you do not believe in him but in Jesus? Another asked. I replied, The Lord said, I've had enough of burnt offerings of rams, Isaiah 1.11. I believe only in one offering, and that is the offering of the Lord himself, who gave himself for us. From what book did you take that? One asked. Quickly I turned to Isaiah 53. And then I told them, He is the one in whom I have trusted, and he has given me peace. I know that when I leave the world, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You have come to tell me that I may experience trouble from you. But I am not afraid anymore, not even about your life when demanded. No, because I know whom I belong. At this point someone said, If you are not afraid of us, then let us make a ceasefire and speak together as good friends. That is what I have been waiting for, I replied. I do not hate you. You are my dear friends, and you are welcome to visit me any time. All of them said, We cannot believe this. May I read to you from the New Testament and tell you why I am so happy? They agreed, and I read Romans 12, 9 through 21. After I finished, one man asked, These things are nice to hear, but if Jesus loved his enemies, then why did the Germans who are Christians persecute the Jewish people so badly? I replied, I am sure that they were not true believers. Now many in Germany are sorry for what they did and are again calling on the Lord, but they are not really clean within. They only hope they are clean, just as you hope when you pray at Yom Kippur. On the Day of Atonement, you will not be sure if the Lord has forgiven your sins. But I know He has forgiven mine. My friends, why do you continue to live in fear? The Lord is your Atonement. He will receive you into His family and forgive your sins. You came hatefully to warn me, but the love of the Lord has been with us. We should thank the Lord that He is with us. These people left my home feeling differently than when they came. They left with love in their hearts and smiles on their faces. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much for joining us today. Where are we headed next week, Chris? Yeah, so it's almost about 100 days since Prime Minister Neftali Bennett became the premier of Israel. And so look at, I know a lot of us love and support Benjamin Netanyahu, but there's a new prime minister in office. He's only got two years to work, so we got to see what he's been doing in the first 100 days because they're really going to mark a legacy for him. 
Our host and teacher is Chris Katolka. Today's program was produced by Tom Gallione. Our theme music was composed and performed by Jeremy Strong, Mike Kellogg, Red Apples of Gold, and I'm Steve Conover, executive producer. Our mailing address is FOI Radio, P.O. Box 914, Belmar, New Jersey, 08099. Again, that's FOI Radio, P.O. Box 914, Belmar, New Jersey, 08099. And I'll give you one last quick reminder to visit us at foiradio.org. The Friends of Israel Today is a production of the Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry. We are a worldwide evangelical ministry proclaiming biblical truth about Israel and the Messiah while bringing physical and spiritual comfort to the Jewish people.